I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Leg out. Yellow model kid. Yellow bottle sipping. Yellow Lamborghini. Yellow top missing. Yeah, yeah. That shit look like a toupee. I get what you get in 10 years. In two days. Ladies love me. I'm on my cool J. If you get what I get, what would you say? She wax it all off. Mr. Miyagi. And them suicide doors. Ari Kari. Look at me now. Look at me now. Oh. I'm getting paper. Look at me now. Oh, look at me now. Yeah. Fresh to the Good morning, good evening, good day, good night. It's Brandon from the Life of an Average Joe podcast back with another episode. Thank you once again for being here. You know the drill. Every Wednesday on every platform available under the sun, except for Stitcher, because I guess they're done now. And on the Life of an Average Joe podcast.com, YouTube, social media, except for threads, I will not install or be part of another Zuckerberg idea concept that he has stolen. And look, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Elon Musk fan in the world, but there are several things I like about him. And there's also several things I don't like about him. One, I think it's hilarious that he was like, you know what? Twitter sucks. I'm going to go buy it because I want it. And the reasoning behind it was freedom of speech. Because the reality is, and whether you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, don't care, the reality is Twitter was a cesspool long before Elon Musk got there. If you were on Twitter and you were part of it, it was. Now, was it always that way in the beginning? No. But it was a cesspool long before he got there. And the other reality is, and you can sit there and deny it all you want, or you can just go ahead and read the facts. The facts are out there. They completely censored serious topics during COVID. The stuff about the Hunter Biden laptop, which regardless of what's going on with that or not, they censored anybody trying to even talk about it, good, bad, indifferent. They censored everything. Matter of fact, the FBI, I mean, think about this for a second. The FBI got involved with Zuckerberg and Twitter and basically told them how to slow down the streaming. I mean, not told them, but told them what they wanted from sharing and from coming up in your feed, different topics. That is messed up. I mean, you think the FBI doesn't have anything else to do? They're going to sit there and they're going to control these puppets. So the fact that Elon Musk came in, I was like, nah. And look, I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. I'm just saying... That's hilarious. I also think that he's got the origin story of a Bond villain or an alien, so there's that. But I will not sit here and download another app from Zuckerberg in my life. It's bad enough I'm still on Facebook and Twitter, or Facebook and Instagram. And those days are probably numbered anyway based on the way I am and the based on the, you know, the way that he's cut my income. But in the meantime, you can go ahead and check me out on there. You can go to lifeofanaveragejoepodcast.com and find whatever platform you want. But I'm here every Wednesday. And I'm tired. Again. And it's hot in Texas. You guys remember the last episode? Fourth of July episode, it was hot? Well, guess what? Still hot. And getting hotter. We had a cool morning. We had a cool morning. It was like 80 degrees. I went for a run this morning. It was great. 
And then it all of a sudden on my way home, it was 96 at eight o'clock at night. So there you go. But I'm tired and I'm just going to be tired and I'm accepting it. That's just the way it is. But I was kind of got this inspiration for the show because I was doing trash talk with Stuart Sachs. You can listen to that every Tuesday, 8 a.m. And that's available on my website and all other platforms as well. YouTube, fun stuff. Watch it, listen, do whatever. And we were talking about relocating or recorded an episode recently about relocating. Like kind of like those times when you move to a city and you're not used to it. You move to a new state because most people have moved in their life. I, and I don't know if it's fair for me to say most people, but the majority of the people that I know in Texas aren't from Texas. And definitely I'll say this, the ones that are from Texas that I know are not from the area that I live in. Let me take a big giant drink of my liter of water here. I'm not kidding. It's a liter. Oh, so good. Um, I've known people from Michigan, New York, California, Oklahoma, other parts of Texas, Chicago, Wisconsin. I know people from Arizona. I got people from Seattle. I got people from Utah. I mean, just the people I work with. I've got people that have lived in the Poduck part of Texas, people that work, you know, down in Houston. I've got people that are from New York. I got people that are, you know, from different parts of the Midwest, so many people from Michigan, California, all that. So we've all moved to a city for whatever reason, a state for whatever reason, whether that be job, family, you're bored, got a breakup and you're just trying to get as far away from that psycho as possible. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go anywhere. Or you just somehow land here and you still quite frankly don't know how you landed here, but you did. Destiny, God, whatever you want. And you go to a new town and there's always things that you have to get used to. There's always adjustments, right? Not just directions and like where are things located? Because honestly, that's pretty easy nowadays. You just Google it. You just, you know, ask your Surrey for it, whatever. And you'll find something. You don't have to bust out the Rand McNally map or thick book to try to figure out where things are. You can just figure it out, right? We have so much technology. But I'm talking like... When you're in a new town or city or state and you're living there, there's things you don't get used to. Maybe the roads. Maybe the roads are really bad. Like they're just, why don't they fix these roads? Or in Texas, you got the toll roads and everything's a toll road. You're not used to it. Maybe you come from an area that you can walk everywhere. And I'm not talking like where I am, where I can walk downtown. I can go to an FC Dallas game. I can go to a bar, restaurant. I could walk to work if I wanted to. Walk to 7-Eleven on free Slurpee day. I can do that. And I do it. <clears throat> Am I going to lose my voice again? Good God. I record one episode. Decide to do a double feature and my voice is gone. I swear. I just talk too much. I'm talking about like, you don't know where the, the grocery stores are or which grocery store is good. You're familiar with your grocery store from back home. And you're like, okay, where do I go? They don't have a Kroger. They have Jimmy Bob's Palace of Food. And you're like, what is this? Sounds ghetto. But maybe it's like the greatest place on earth. You're looking for fast food. 
you want McDonald's for some stupid reason. And all of a sudden you can't find it, but you find Big Tony's Burgers and, and it's everywhere. And everybody's like, oh man, you got to get Big Tony's Burgers. You're getting used to the culture and, and things like that. Some things you like, some things you don't. And then the weather, the way people talk, accents, lack of accents, whatever. And I was thinking about that in Texas. Like today, I mean, I keep saying 12 to 13 years. I need to do the math on this so I can finally get it right. But I've been here for a minute, okay? I haven't been here for, you know, it's not like I just moved here a year ago. And one of the things that I was talking about on Trash Talk is I'm not used to the heat. I hate it and I'm not used to it. I will never let myself get acclimated to where I want warmer weather so that when it does get cold, I still crave it, which is why I wear shorts year round. I still, after all this time and my age and everything, I still prefer the cold. I'm not used to the heat. <clears throat> but then I started to think about other cities, cities I've been to. And I started really looking at some of the cities that after all this time, I would go back and visit and I love, and I've had some experiences there. And if we're talking in Texas, a lot of people are thinking Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin. Those are the big cities, San Antonio, Houston. <clears throat> and albeit, sorry guys, you guys are gonna have to deal with me coughing. Albeit, some of those places are great. I've got some great stories of Dallas and some great stories of Fort Worth. And I got some okay stories of Austin. But one of the cities that I love the most in Texas, and I don't go there a lot, and it's really the closest to me, is Denton. Denton, Texas is a college town. There's two universities in Denton, Texas. And it's not far from me at all. It feels far because there's no good way to get there. Like you have to go down the death highway known as 380. There's just no good way to get there. But I love it. Number one, <clears throat> it's got a lot of culture. Which most college towns do. Unless you're some douche college, you know. Most college towns have culture. There's a ton of live music there. There's great coffee shops and bars. Arcades, food, really good food, unique shops, boutique shops, but they're not boutique in the sense that they cost a lot of money. They're more like collector shops. They got a good comic book store. They got a good antique mall, all kinds of stuff. They got a great square in Denton, like an old town square. Unlike where I live, and it's called Frisco Square here, and it kind of sucks. Let's just be real. It sucks. It's mostly just apartment alley with a couple things. Now, do they do some cool stuff there? Yeah, it's directly across from FC Dallas, so that's great. Do they have some cool festivals? Absolutely. At Christmas time, it's beautiful. You can walk around. They do some cool stuff. They have the, the wine walk of Frisco. They do art shows. Yeah, it's cool. But other than that, and I used to live in the square, and I loved it because I used to work at the bar there and the bar's no longer there. Actually, both bars I used to work at are no longer there. But it's apartment after apartment. There's nothing. There's no shops. Like you're not gonna go buy like a shirt. There's no boutique shops there. It's all like yoga place, some stupid dog place for like dog treats, a dentist, a title company. Like just crap that shouldn't be there. They've, they've got one bar that's now going on its fourth owner, so that'll close soon. They got a cigar lounge, okay? Popcorn shop. 
And they got some good restaurants, a couple good restaurants. One of my favorites, Pizzeria Testa's there. And they got Best Thai, Saki Toro. But other than that, there ain't nothing there. So it's not like a real square. Whereas in Denton, yes, there's some apartments around there and, and old homes around there and the colleges around there. And they, there's some apartments above the buildings, but there's stores. Like you can literally go to Denton for the day. And Luke and I have done it. My sister, when she came down here, we went and did it. We've gone there. I've gone there with friends. I've gone there to hang out. Like you can go there and it's such a cool experience because you can just park your car and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go get a coffee here. We're gonna go to Free Play, which is this amazing arcade. You pay like 15 bucks, all you can play. They have a full bar there. You can literally get the wristband, play for a couple hours, leave, come back and do it again. It expires after 24 hours or at, you know, the next day. It's amazing. You can go listen to some live music. Sometimes it's right on the square on the outside. Sometimes it's in the inside of one of the bars or on the roof. But they also do a ton of cool festivals, an amazing Denton art show. And my favorite, the Day of the Dead Festival. Now, the Day of the Dead Festival was canceled a couple times because of COVID. So that really sucked. But the Day of the Dead Festival is awesome. Amazing music. Real, true Day of the Dead traditions there. I mean, it's not just like, hey, let's dress up as some, you know, sh sugar skulls and, and make it a Halloween party. It's a Day of the Dead event. It's amazing. Food trucks, music, costume contests, coffin racing. Like, it's just great. And they have a whole area that you can pay respects for, for your dead. And they try to mimic the Day of the Dead traditions. It's very awesome. It's culture. And I love that it's so close. I just hate the way to get there. But it's been one of my favorite cities. And I always said, number one, if it was closer to my job and if it was, and don't get me wrong, it has some ghetto stuff, just like every city and just like every college town. But if it was a little bit closer, I could find a bigger house out there for cheaper. I could find some big apartments out there for cheaper. And even though they've gone up by Denton standards, Compared to Frisco, it's night and day. There's trees out there. I'm not saying there's not trees where I'm in, but I'm talking like there's a whole street called a whole street called Oak, Oak Street. And it's lined with oak trees, huge oak trees that have been there forever. It just looks nice. Like, yes, you still are in Texas. You gotta deal with the heat and all that crap, but it doesn't remind me of what people think Texas is. And I really enjoy that. I love going out there. They got a couple breweries out there. Well, one closed, but they got one now. Denton County Brewing. Like, there's just so much stuff out there. And that was one of those cities that I first went to when I moved here and was instantly impressed. Another one of the cities that I loved, that I fell in love with, and almost moved there, and thank God I didn't, was Deep Ellum. Now, Deep Ellum, for those of you that don't know, is definitely had its ups and downs. Back in the day, full of art, bars, music, a lot of motorcycle clubs. It was a place to be. Hippies were out there. Everything was cool. It was a place to be. It changed over the years and had a resurgence. And they put in some phenomenal shops, phenomenal restaurants. One of my favorite bars up until recently just shut down called The Green Room. And I'll never forget going there. I went there with my, my wife at the time, friends, uh, her family, 
go into the green room. It's, it, and they had a kitchen there. I never ate there. And they had a little cool spot downstairs. But you would go upstairs. And they had pool tables and TVs and all that. Cheap drinks. I mean, great craft beer on tap. But, I mean, we're talking the shots and liquor. Just cheap. You could literally go up on the rooftop. And I remember sitting up there on that rooftop, looking out over Dallas, drinking cheap drinks but good drinks listening to the music across the street from the anvil room or one of the other bars and i fell in love with deep ellen because it had a vibe it just had a vibe you had your punks you had your skaters you had your you know yeah you had some freaking you know yuppies walking around you had some hippies you might have some wannabe gang, member, gang members hanging out. Probably had some real ones. Homeless people, drunks, whatever. But it was really just a vibe. And I'm not saying it was safe. You always had to watch out. But you could still bar hop. I mean, again, I was married at the time. And we would go on a regular. And it was so close to downtown Dallas. That you could literally just cross under 75. And you'd be in Dallas and go to another spot. I mean, it was right there. Over the years. And, and let me rewind it. It also was home to Deep Ellen Brewing, Deep Ellen Brewing Company, which at the time was an amazing brewery. It was, it was literally epitomized what Deep Ellen was about. It felt like Deep Ellen, their can art, the name of their beers, their attitude. I was very good friends with one of the sales reps there, and we would go down there on a regular. I mean, I remember going with my buddy, and we just walked in to Deep Ellen Brewing, and they were closed that day. And I just text him like, hey, I'm Brandon. At the time, I was working for this bar called The Londoner. I'm with The Londoners, my buddy Rick. We're here to hang out at Deep Ellum. And he's like, all right, guys, you guys want some beers? And they came in, gave us a quick little tour. We drank a couple beers, got some swag, went to the next spot. And Deep Ellum had just like the coolest fest. They always did the brew and they would invite other breweries to their brewery and they would have barbecue and live music. And I just, I remember meeting some great bands there and it was a vibe. And I went to that barbecue probably like six times. That's where I met the guys from Rabbit Hole, eventually the brewery that I worked for. And it was just like such a vibe. Now, Deep Ellum Now, not my favorite. Not my favorite beer, not my, I mean, I hate to use the term that everybody says, oh, they sold out, but they did. And I mean, hey, look, they're still bringing in money. They're still making their deal. They still have the gimmick of Deep Ellum, but their beers, and it's not just because my taste buds changed. Their beers, what they are now, the same beer that I had 10 years ago that I had now does not taste the same. I can drink Bell's Two-Hearted which I had 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 18 years ago, and it's still the Bell's Two-Hearted that I love. I'm drinking Oberon this summer, and it's still the Oberon that I fell in love with. It's just good. That's not the same with any of Deep Ellum beers. Like Deep Ellum's one of those breweries, not to go off on a tangent, they, bought, they got bought out by Canarchy. So Canarchy owns like Cigar City, Oscar Blues, Deep Ellum, there's another one. There's actually a Michigan brewery. But anyway, and so they're probably distributed in Florida, 
in Colorado and probably in Michigan, you probably can get the Canarchy Mix Pack and it'll probably have Deep Ellum IPA in there back in Michigan. It'll probably have that. And that's okay if you spread your stuff all across the world. Oscar Blues has breweries everywhere, but it was Colorado-based. They just don't taste the same. Deep Ellum is what I consider Walmart craft. And I'm not trying to put them down. They're doing their thing. Not my thing, but they're doing it. What I mean by Walmart craft is you go to Walmart and you look at their craft section and they've got Deep Ellum. If you're in Texas, probably Shiner, St. Arnold's, maybe Carbach. That's it. That's, that's your craft. Deep Ellum's one of those beers, like if you're on a road trip and you're going camping and all of a sudden you're like, man, we just need more beer and I don't want to drink Miller Lite, Ultra, Bud Light, all those crap beers. I need something. And they, they probably have Deep Ellum IPA Tall Boys. And you're like, you know what? This will work. <laughs> that's, that's that type of beer. And it sucks because it used to not be that way, but the brewery was amazing. And it really epitomized Deep Ellum. But Deep Ellum's changed. And matter of fact, Steve from the Notes and Goats podcast, if you're out there listening, he's going to be coming down here in August. So we'll probably do something together on social media. I'm sure we will. We're going to go down to Deep Ellum. I believe it's at the Bomb Factory or maybe it's the House of Blues. I have to ask. I don't remember. I have the tickets. I guess I could look. But we're going to go see Killer Mike. Dude, this dude is literally flying down. He lands at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Texas. We're going to go to the concert and his flight is like 7 a.m. the next day. So, yeah, that's going to be... I'm old. We'll see if we can do it, but we're going to do it. We're going to have footage of the whole thing. We're going to have concert footage before and after. We're going to have Stephen Brandon's adventures, little mini TikToks everywhere. We're just going to make a thing about it. We're going to be documenting this journey. So that'll be something to look forward to. That's August 4th. Mere few weeks away, by the way, guys. Um, but I, we're, I think the concert's in Deep Ellum. So this is where we're going. But before that, before that happens... Deep Ellum's gone. It went and had the resurgence, and now it's like the police stay away. Literally, they stay away. It got to the point where there's just drive-bys during the daytime. And I'm not exaggerating. Because I was going to brunch, and there's a spot, and I can't remember the name of it. But we went to brunch there. I'll just leave it at we. And this was recently, over the last year, year and a half. I'll just say that. And we went down there during the daytime. This was uh, definitely had to be over. Yeah, this was before I moved. And this was before I worked at my current job. So there you go. And I believe for some reason, it was on my off day. I did not have my son. And I was hanging out with someone. And we went down to Deep Ellum just to hang out. Because I hadn't gone forever. We wanted to go to brunch. We were just going to hang out and, you know, scoot over Dallas check out some stuff, shoot back up here. We're sitting on the patio, and this was a place, yeah, they had a great inside, but the patio was up top. It could be covered. It had blinds that went down. And this was weather that it wasn't awful. It was good enough for us to sit on the patio. Let's just say that. It wasn't extreme heat, and it also wasn't, you know, alleged Texas cold. And we're hanging out on the patio, okay? Eating. And we're about an hour in, 45 minutes in. All of a sudden, you hear pop, 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 pop. People kind of look, scream, and then I just duck. And I'm like, get down. Now, I know we're high, 
but we're also outside. So you could pop up there. Plus, you don't know where these bullets are coming from. Needless to say, it was either A, a drive-by, or someone got shot. We got our tab, and I'm like, we're done. In the time it took, because we didn't leave right away, we kind of waited just to see if we hear any more. By the time we got our tab, paid our bill, got to our car, which we had to walk to, and mind you, we don't know which direction those gunshots were coming from. I never heard sirens, and I never saw a squad car. Period. This is a regular occurrence in Deep Ellum. So if you guys are out there and you're not familiar with Deep Ellum, look it up. Steve, look it up. It's a regular occurrence. Needless to say, I'm not going back. Well, I guess I am. If I think it's at House of Blues, which is not in Deep Ellum. Not to say it's in the best area, but it's not Deep Ellum. But if it's at the Bomb Factory, we are in the heart of Deep Ellum. So, yay for that. But I liked the idea of Deep Ellum, and I almost moved there. I actually almost got a job at Deep Ellum Brewery. I'm glad I didn't take it. I probably could have. It would have changed the course of my life forever. Um, but I'm glad. I'm, I'm still glad I didn't. And it was for the marketing department, so which was really cool, honestly. Um, but I won't go back to Deep Ellum Brewery. And I almost moved there because there's some amazing apartments. I mean, everything I like, these, you know, these warehouse converted in apartments, big giant windows up top, you know, bricks, you know, for walls, the floors, wood or concrete. That's my jam. But life happens here. I am and I'm glad. But it was still a city that had massive potential that I'll always remember. And I've always got so many stories there from seeing DJs and concerts to bar hopping to... Sunday brunch drive-bys, you know, all the good things in life. Another city, too, that I just love and has a lot of history with me, and I'm not talking about Detroit. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to mention Detroit in this. I've talked about Detroit so much and different experiences I had there throughout the years of, on this podcast that I'm just going to let it go. And even though I've talked about this next city, I still think it, it's, it's a cool city. And I just talked to one of my buddies, actually, who just got back from there a couple months ago. And I'm talking about Philly. I love Philly. I love the weather. And yes, it gets just cold. And I know that. But it reminds me, it's like a different version of Detroit. It's like Detroit in a multiverse. If they made a movie called Brandon in the Multiverse of Madness, Philly would be like Detroit 614. Or like 413 instead of 313. That's what it would be. And I love it. Man, it's got some parts that you do not want to go to. Trust me. Like any city. But the attitude. The vibe. The people. Man, I even like the Sixers. Like the Sixers remind me of the Pistons a little bit. And I also have some connection to the Sixers too. But So it might be biased. But... I just love it. The food. I mean, we could sit there and talk about the Philly cheesesteaks all we want and pick which one we like. But I'm talking about the food in general. The pizza. The sandwiches. The desserts. We went to this place. And I'll never forget this dessert place. It was so cool. They had one similar down in Dallas, but not quite as good. 
The one in Dallas is like a little mobile cheesecake spot. It has some of the best cheesecake in Dallas, and it literally looks like an ATM. And you walk up to it, and there's a person there, and they're only open for a certain amount of time until they run out. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's like the hood. It's like hood adjacent. It's not really the hood, but it's, it's next. It's close enough. It's by a bar. You go up there, and this is the cheesecakes they got. And you buy it, and they give you a slice of cheesecake. Boom. You leave. And it's literally like... I don't want to say an ATM, like, you know, like when you guys go to get a lot of ice and they have those big ice, you know, I call them big. It's like an ice ATM. It's a drive up, fill your ice thing. It's about that size, but they only sell cheesecake. Well, in Philly, there's this place and I think it's called dessert 24 seven or 24 seven dessert. And allegedly they're open 24 seven, although I've been by and they were closed. Homemade. I mean, obviously it's homemade, but nothing's frozen some of the best desserts in the world. And I'm not talking like here's a scoop of ice cream with an Oreo on top. I'm talking about these layered cream cakes with chocolate shavings and cinnamon. And I'm talking about some magical mystic wizard in the back giving you like this molten caramel dripping down this love blanket of goodness. Like it is so amazing. And you walk up and you're like, okay, I'll get that, go. I mean, yeah, you know, you're on a date, you're drunk. I just need some dessert. Like it's, so, I mean, you can talk about the Philly cheesesteaks all you want, but man, they got so much more. But what I love about Philly is the bar scene. And I don't care what anybody says. Not every city has a good bar scene. And mind you, I'm a guy who really doesn't care about the bars right now. I really don't. It's been that way for a long time. But not every city has a good bar scene. Not to say they don't have bars, but the vibe and the feel. Philly has an amazing bar scene. And one of the things that stands out to me the most is the music, is the live music. Like I can say right now, Dallas has a ton of bars. And there are places that have great live music. And there is a live music scene in Dallas, but it ain't like Philly. Detroit, obviously, ton of bars, great music scene, no doubt. Denton, same thing. Period. Nashville, obviously. But there's other cities that don't, like Denver, and mind you, I don't know it. It was like, it felt 50-50 to me. It felt like they had a great music bar scene and then in, in like pockets and then there were other side that I was like this sucks so Philly though it's like music is key like it's not hard to find a good music bar and I'm not talking like howl at the moon you know those corporate places or piano bars example one of the best places I went and started about in the 90s is called the grape grape room And that is one of the coolest bars. Now, I'm surprised that, quite frankly, it survived COVID. And mind you, I haven't been since then. But I've heard that COVID almost like it did what I thought it was going to, what COVID should have done. Whereas instead, of the businesses that survived COVID came back, like the bars, most of them that really wanted to thrive had an opportunity because a ton of them shut down that were competition that maybe sucked or whatever, but they shut down. 
But it also was a wake-up call, and it humbled a lot of places of like, oh my God, we can't mail this place in. We can't just do this theory of, if you build it, they will come. We got to go back to the basics of what a bar means and what a restaurant means. We got to make it about people. We got to make it about the experience. We got to make it about being unique. We got to go above and beyond. We can't just say, we've got this beer, this happy hour, and here you go. You're going to take it. We got to do something. And that's what I heard that the grape room did. By the way, is it the grape or the grape room? I'm totally, I need to look that up. I forget. But that's what I've heard they did. And now it's like a resurgence of what it once was in the mid nineties, which is awesome because it had so many amazing people go through there. And it's one of the best bars. I mean, if you sit there and you look up bars in Philly, okay, you look up, you know, best music bars in Philly, it's gonna pop up there. And what I loved about it is it's nothing, it's the grape room, yeah, I was right. It's nothing fancy. It's got a huge beer menu and it had it back then. They also do open mic and comedy nights and all this. But you can go to a show there, 10 bucks. Number one, it's 21 and up, so that's amazing. But you can literally go to a show there, 10 bucks, general admission. Boom. And it's got some of the coolest bands in the area. But what makes this bar unique is people like the Black Keys, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, the Kinks, the Kooks. They've gone through and stopped and done a night at the Grape Room, or they've done two nights at the Grape Room, and they don't jack the prices up. You are still getting those big bands at $10 general admission. And it's the vibe of it. Just because the Black Keys are on stage or the Kooks are on stage, it doesn't change the feel. Yeah, it might be a little more crowded, but they also don't overbook. So if it's full, you're just not getting in. That's just the way it is. And I remember going there with this girl, Miss Detroit, who I've talked about before. And I remember going there and we, she was like, let's go check it out. You're going to love it. And as soon as I walked up to it, I fell in love. And we got in there, and there was a band. And I never, I got, it's going to take me a minute to remember the name. But we got in, we paid 10 bucks, and I was like, who's playing? She's like, doesn't even matter. Because the giant beer menu, the great cocktails, the, the, the people there are just some of the coolest people I've ever seen. Ever. And I'll never forget, like, it felt like the days of music, like the days that made bars what they were. It made the days of like going to see live bands special. Like when you hear about that in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, early 90s, when you're like, hey man, did you check out so-and-so at down there at uh, the Grape Room the other night? Oh man, they blew up. You got to check them out. I think it was, God, is it Crit? the undergun or undergum. I don't know who it was, but they were awesome. And they reminded me of kind of nineties rockish, but when they stripped it down and sang some of their acoustic stuff or some of their mild stuff, like low key stuff, the dude's voice was like a cross between like the dude from Kings of Leon with a little bit of, you know, uh, flowers, you know, Brendan flowers from the, uh, 
killers, like just a cool vibe. And it didn't matter where you stood, sat or whatever. It, every seat was great. It wasn't like you were in this giant auditorium. It was a bar. You had people talking and people hanging out. You had people paying attention to music, dancing. And I never forget, I just remember sitting there with her that night. Number one, she's amazing. Uh, but number two, just sitting with her that night like, oh my God, this is why I work in the industry I work. This is why I love the, the music and the vibe and the feel because it reminded me of not the same experience, but the nightclub when we were getting ready for an event and we were there. Or when we would go to see a live band at a small venue or one of our buddies play at a small venue and you just had that connection. You're connected with the music and you're connected with the band because of, of the experience. And there's a reason why bars like The Grape Room have been around. I mean, here we are going, really, if you think about it, pretty close to 2024. And The Grape Room's been around since the 90s and survived COVID. There's a reason for it. And there's a lot of other bars in Philly that are like that, that have that vibe where it's not just like, okay, yeah, there's bars where you can go listen to great techno. And we did. It's got an amazing electronic music scene and a hip hop scene and all that. But there's bars where it's like, you might see a, you might see a DJ. You might see a local rapper. You might see a rock band, but that bar is always going to be packed and it's the place to go to see music. And it's supported by the city and it's supported by fans. I mean, you've got people. Yeah, I know you got people in Dallas that travel to see these local bands around here, but it's a different vibe in Philly, just like it is in Detroit. And that to me is why, another reason why Philly is one of my favorite cities to go to. And I've talked about Miami and all that. I'm not going to talk to that again. And I like Miami. I doubt I'll ever get down there again, but I like it. Colorado, when I went to Colorado, and I, I don't know if I've talked much about this. It was right before my son was born. First time. And I was supposed to be back several times. <sighs> my most recent was I was supposed to go back and see the Foo Fighters. I bought tickets. My sister and I were going to go. It was literally a weekend trip. Of course, we all know what happened. I don't like to relive that moment, but I didn't get to go. I got friends out there and, I, and my sister. I used to have my cousin out there, but she moved. I got people out there though. I love it. I love Colorado. Matter of fact, I could live out there. I don't think I'd live in Denver, to be honest with you. Boulder was my jam. Um, there's some other places in Colorado I'd pick over Denver. And I'm not putting Denver down. I just don't think I'd live there. Um, but I remember going for the first time and that was right before my son was born. I mean, literally before my son was born. This was like, I hate to say my last hurrah, but my last hurrah, you know, like I knew he was going to be born. Not only did I go to Denver right before my son was born for like my trip to just party and drink and be obscene before I had to be responsible. I had just opened up a nightclub. I just opened up Southern Junction in Irving part two. So this was one of the biggest honky tonks in Texas just opened up a second one and I had just opened it up and I was like going to Denver. Then my son was going to be born. I'm like taking 15 days off, deal with it. And that's what I did. But I remember going, 
and I got off the plane. And when you get off the plane and you're at that weird satanic uh, airport, which, by the way, we're going to do a show one day talking about all this weird stuff. The Denver airport, some weird conspiracies, some weird things. We're going to have a conspiracy show. I'm going to get somebody on here for that. I got a good guest. Because there's a lot to digest with that. But you get off and you take a train and it drops you off right downtown. Now, mind you, this is my first time in Denver. And my sister and her girlfriend were both working. So they were like, hey, you know, you can come get a key from one of us and go to the house or I can call you when I get off work. And I'm like, bruh, just text me because I, I got my little backpack. Or actually, no, I got my little like carry on that's on wheels. I'm going to go get a coffee, drop a deuce that's not on an airplane. I'm going to get some food and I'm just going to start drinking as I make my way closer to your house, your apartment, because they live downtown. Kind of like, uh, I don't know if it's the capital, but like, I don't know, like City Hall or I don't know where they live. I forgot the neighborhood. It's an older neighborhood, but it's through the downtown. I'm like, I'm just going to make my way there. I've got a charger. My phone is fully charged as it is, and I'll just be okay. That's how I roll. Look, I went to Ireland for you know, 12, 13 days by myself. So I I don't care. I moved to Texas by myself, essentially. I mean, I had Ken, but I didn't know anybody. I guess I knew Lauren, who I met online. That almost sounds creepy. But I knew, you know, that didn't mean anything. So whatever. So I got off the plane. I went to a bar. Or it was a brewery. Um, No, it was a bar. Because I wanted to get some food. This is after I had my coffee. And uh, drink a couple beers. All right, see you later. Go to the next one. Oh, cool. There's a brewery. Don't know what it is. Walk in. Oh, look. There's another brewery. Hey, there's an Oscar Blues. Oh, I'll go there. I like those guys. And I just probably hit five or six breweries. Stopped at a couple shops. Checked out a couple little, like, things on the street, like shows and, like, all that. When my sister's texting me, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm at this brewery, dude. She's like, you're already there. You're halfway to my house. I'm like, bro, I've been to seven breweries. Oh, why don't you meet me at Epic? All right, cool. I'll meet you at Epic. So we went to Epic Brewing. And I got to tell you, between the breweries, the food, the vibe, the weather, seeing the mountains in the distance, just past the cities, right when I got off the airplane, the mountains were there. Man, I was loving it. Then we go out to Boulder and we go to one of my favorite breweries, Avery Brewing. And I don't care what you say. Avery is a 10 out of 10 brewery. It's a 10 out of 10 experience. It is beautiful. And I'm sitting there at Avery drinking a rumpkin, okay? Drinking a uh, a triple Maharaja, you know, looking out the window going, oh, I fell in love. We start walking downtown Boulder because you can just walk down the street. No cars. I go past, you know, the university. I'm looking at these houses and I'm like, it's a little tiny house. It's nice. I I want that house. Like, yeah, it's pricey maybe, but I want it. That's perfect. And mind you, I was married at the time. So I was thinking like, maybe one day we'll move here, you know. I fell in love with it. My cousin met me up, met us up. We went to this amazing place. I don't even know what it was. I have to, 
it's not Luann's. I have to ask her, but they do like drag shows. They do concerts. They do, it's just a beautiful place. And we ordered everything off the menu. It was me, my sister, her girlfriend, and my cousin. And we literally ordered the entire appetizer selection. Freaking tab is like $300, $400. We're drinking Moscow. No, we're drinking old fashions. I mean, then we go to this Russian bar, literally owned by Russians. I know I make that sound like that's a weird thing, but this is long before Putin was invading anything. But I mean, when I say a Russian bar, I think it's called like, not Commandeer. I think it's called like Comrades, actually. I don't know. It just has literally the, the iron sickle, you know, like the Russian flag outside. People are speaking Russian inside. I mean, it's a Russian bar. And it, of course, they've got all these different vodkas. So we got all these vodkas started drinking, sipping, and shooting vodka. Now, for anybody that knows me, I ain't shooting vodka. I'm not a vodka guy. I like my liquor brown. Like I like my coffee. You guys, jeez. And the vodka was good. Some of it was so smooth. I got it. Like, I understood. Like, I wanted to sit in the corner at 2 p.m., in a dark bar, talk to Vladimir, sipping on this vodka that I couldn't pronounce. I understood it. I, I literally looked at my sister and I'm like, I get it now. Like, it was just amazing. Like, there was all these little cool pockets. Yeah, you got like Skid Row now. You had Skid Row back then. Obviously, it's not as bad as California, but you got the amount of homeless people and drug problem. It's just astronomical. It's ridiculous. It's worse than Texas for sure. It's, it's probably worse than Detroit. Might not be as bad as Chicago. Who knows? But it's it's a side of Denver that you don't want to think about. And it it it's literally like you turn a corner and it's like, nope. And I remember I was right by, it wasn't by Epic. I was by, maybe it was Epic Brewing. I don't know. And I just remember going to the brewery. It was packed. And I remember, yeah, it had to be epic because I was looking to drink the Yeti. Is that, that's epic, right? Yeah, I don't know. No, epic is Big Bad Buddha. Big Bad Buddhist, Big Bad Baptist. Yeah, Big Bad Buddhist. <laughs> Big Bad Baptist and Yeti is another one. But anyway, I remember turning around the corner because I went in the wrong door and it was just, it was weird. It felt like a, definitive dividing line like the to the left is this amazing brewery and these people and to the right it's like newspapers blowing broken needles on the ground row and row of homeless and drug addicts sleeping walking smells like somebody pooped in a diaper and set it on fire and pooped on it again like it's just god awful but you turn the back to the other corner and you're like oh nothing to see here like a Hollywood backlot, just covering it up. It's like if they put up this facade like North Korea to make their city look pretty, but meanwhile behind it, they've got all these zombies just roaming around. It was really weird. And I know that that happens a lot. I mean, they push people in a certain area, but that always left a bad taste in my house or taste in my mouth in, about Denver. Again, that's everywhere, but yeah, that kind of sucked. But like the record stores and my sister lives by a bomb coffee shop that literally in the morning, she's like, you can make coffee. I'm like, why? I'm on vacation. Who's making this crap? I'd get out, 
my jammy jams, walk over to the coffee shop, check in on my pregger's wife, get a cappuccino, espresso, talk to the cute girl there for a minute and bounce back, you know, like, and it was, and I would pass a record store on the way and I'm like, this is freaking, and I think they had a giant, like they had all these murals. So they had like Tupac and Johnny Cash and Prince and David Bowie. And I'm like, this is epic. No pun intended. So I think that I still enjoy Denver and I know if I go back and when I go back, I love it, but I definitely wouldn't live there. I picked Boulder and there's definitely several other places in Colorado I could enjoy for sure. But those are cities that like stick out to me. And I've been to others, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of others out there. There's always those small cities that you find on the road that you've never been to. I mean, here in Texas, what's I think it's, it's not called Marble Falls, but I'm gonna get all these names wrong. But as we were going down to the cabins where I went with my son, my work cabins, we were driving back and we stopped at all these cities. That's, that's half the fun. And I think it's Marble Falls. And I gotta be honest with you, that was beautiful. Everything was on like this hill because you're still kind of in hill country. So all these roads are on these hills. You've got the river, the falls by the dam. You've got boats going down it. Couple breweries there, brew pubs, great shops. I saw these houses up on the top of the hill, like as you're going up the street. Not like, you know, San Francisco style hills or San Diego or whatever. Is it San Francisco? Wherever, San Francisco. Why can't I remember which hill place is in California? Doesn't matter. It's not like that steep, okay? But it is pretty steep. And I saw these really cool houses, so my son and I went and checked them out. He likes to look at stuff like that. You got a breeze off the river, even on a hot day. Man, that was a really pretty place. Now, would I want to live there? I doubt it. But here's the thing, in a different multiverse of madness, maybe work at one of the breweries, work at one of the bars, work at one of the shops there. Live right there in town. Like I understand the attraction to that. And there was still plenty of stuff to there to do because I Googled it later to look at some of the other things. I'm like, dude, there's a lot. There's a state park there. There's all these things that you can do. And I enjoyed that. And I enjoy running across those cities. There's other cities I've gone through like this city sucks. Like I don't even know how they named it a city or a town because it's population, who knows. And uh, I saw a school, but I don't know if any students went there. Like, there's not even a gas station. So, like, that sucks. But when you go on these road trips and you run across these other cool little cities and towns that, you know, have these amazing features. I mean, there's so many I've gone to. And then there's other cities that I wasn't really impressed with. I really wasn't impressed with Pittsburgh. I've gone there a couple times. I mean... Some of the things around it were cool, and there's some. I'm, I know there's some cool stuff to do there, but I wasn't feeling it at all. Just was kind of like, eh. I got to be honest with you. I got zero desire to go to Austin anymore. It's crowded. Traffic sucks. It's a bunch of hipster nonsense. It's got some cool bars. It's got some great breweries. Got some good music scene there, kinda. It's all very generic, but there is there is another side of that. Might have a serial killer there too. We don't know, we haven't heard anything about it yet, but 
Google that and see what I'm talking about. But I just, I don't know. I've gone three times, four times. First time I was completely shwasted, shocker, on a boat. Pissed off my wife at the time, so, you know, that didn't work out very well. And then I was hungover and she made me drive home, so yeah. Oh, and then I had to work. There you go. Second time I went to a concert and I was going through a divorce. So, you know, saw Cody Jinx. It was amazing. Third time. I don't remember. (laughs) I think that's when I realized, like, this is fun, but I'm kind of over it. So I just don't really have a desire to go. I'm not saying I'll never go again. And I'm not saying there's not good food and good bars and good people. I just, I think it's overrated. I just do. I think there's so many other places around here in Texas that you can go to closer to have a better time. And I'm also 44. I'm not in my 20s. Sure, if you're in your 20s, yeah. It's just, but even then, I'm just like, whatever. You don't got to be like a certain age to enjoy something. Like, I still go enjoy Philly. I could still go enjoy Dallas and Fort Worth. And other than getting shot at, I'm, I'm, I think I'm still going to go enjoy Deep Ellum if that's where the concert is. I just think Austin was one of those cities that nothing sticks out to me other than negative stuff. And I'm not saying I didn't have fun during those times and certain moments. But overall, my experience in Austin, I'm just like, eh, I'm good. But what about you guys? What about your cities? What are some of your favorite cities to go to? And mind you, there's several that I'm holding back because I got episodes coming up about specific stories with those cities. What about you? I mean, like, think about some of the cities that you've gone to or towns or states on your travels that you're like, you know what? This has always been one of my favorites. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's like a popular spot or if you have any reason. It could be simple as, man, they got this great lake there. They've got this beach there. And every year we go, and I got to tell you, it's just paradise. I mean, it can be as simple as that. Drop your comments on any of my social media platforms. Reach out to me at the Life of an Average Show Podcast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and check out the Life of an Average Show Podcast.com and go ahead and give me a review while you're at it, good or bad. I, I like reviews. Uh, or leave your comments there. Come back next week because we got another episode because we don't stop. We are approaching the end of this season. So very soon we will have the email episode in. So if there's anything you want to ask me, anything you want to talk about, anything you don't like, anything you do like, you can email me at the life of an average show podcast at gmail.com. Hit the website up, text me, call me, DM me, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. What else am I on? That's about it. I ain't going on threads. Not happening. I don't do Snapchat. So find me that way. I am on WhatsApp. So find me there. I want to hear from you guys. Also, big shout out to Summer Moon and Brandon and crew over there for continuing to pump caffeine in me like it's cocaine. I appreciate that. It's cheaper than cocaine. It's also legal. And even though my bank account says stop it, I want to thank you. I just got my Inferno. It's the dark blend. Oh, man. And they'll they'll grind it there for you. But I mean, it's amazing. So it's stored up heat in the fire brick oven. And it, it's also, this is what's great about it. As they do it, it releases very evenly the flavors throughout the roasting process. Pretty cool, huh? 
and it's in a roasting barrel turning at 60 RPMs. I mean, you got to read about Summer Moon and what separates their coffee from others. And this Inferno Dark, oh God, it's great. They do different blends though. They've had a, they, they do different blends. They do different roasts. They do, they have a lot of different style of coffees there. And of course they have their seasonal drinks like the Blueberry Crisp and the Lavender. Oh, yes. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, Lavender, Brandon, look. It's a perfect balance of lavender in that latte with still the kick of the espresso that you need to wake up in the morning. It's amazing. But those guys at Summer Moon are great. I can't wait to check out their new addition as they knock out the wall and expand. They desperately need that. I will be there uh, covering that and I will do a little live from there when that happens. They're going to have a whole pickup window and everything. Oh man, this is just great. It's a great time to be a coffee lover, let me tell you. But I'll be back next week, so make sure you guys are following. And uh, as always, thank you for your support.